0: Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ's likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and I want to say thank you for hitting that play button. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Your time is so valuable. It's the most valuable thing any of us have is our time, and where we spend it, where we invest it is a huge, huge Mm -hmm. decision. So your choice to hit that play button is a big deal to me, and we've prayed over our time together. I've prayed for you, and I just want to say that this time I believe God's going to work with us, God's going to help us, God's going to encourage us, and I just have some things burning in my heart that I can't wait to to get into. But before I do, again, just some, some simple house notes. Just always... Again, not only saying thank you, but reminding you, please, I want this to be a conversation. I want to hear from you. If you have prayer requests, if you have ideas about things you'd like to talk about on the program, um, eventually we're going to get set up and... Um, with our little system here, where we can take calls and maybe have some some call in and conversation, that technology is coming in the future. Not making a promise of the time, but I'm just saying that's in my heart to do. I want to do some live stuff, some call in stuff, and uh, so. But before that can happen, I need to hear from you. I need you to send me an email: ministries at gmail.com, Spellman Ministries at gmail dot com. S p e l l m a n Ministries, plural at gmail.com. Then if I hear from you, then maybe we can begin moving more towards maybe some live call-in shows, taking your answers, actually getting you literally in the conversation. I'd love that. And so, but let's let's begin first hearing from you, um, prayer request, uh, topic ideas, think questions you'd like to maybe have answered on the program. Um, anything like that, you know, testimonies, love, just brag on the Lord, brag on King Jesus. And I'll, I'll share your testimonies live here on the program. So send us your testimonies, um, prayer request. Obviously we won't use names or anything like that, but we'll be praying for folks. You send in your prayer request, um, but we'll be praying immediately once we get that email. We won't wait till we necessarily go live. We'll pray immediately. So let us hear from you. Spelman Ministries at Gmail. Dot com. Also, don't forget to check out the website, spellmanministries.org. And when you do that, click the button that says newsletter or updates. Um, when you do that and you give us your email, here's what's going to happen. And this is all that's going to happen. Every Monday, you're going to receive a short devotional that's just going to be a conversation starter, a conversation starter between you and the Lord, you and your family, you and your friends. And we'll just send that to you each Monday in, Monday in your inbox. And then occasionally, and I do mean occasionally, you'll maybe receive an update in that email, um, that email address. So send us your email, give us your email, and we'll be sure to get that devotional coming to you each Monday. But let's get into today's conversation we left off last week um talking about you as a king that's right you as a king not only a king a king and a priest a royal royal priest a kingly priest you say whoa oh, I didn't hear last night week's well that's okay we're going to Super quick, we're going to review first of all Revelation 1 and 5. This is this is where Jesus and it's referred of Jesus. I said it last week and I want to encourage you again. If man, I really, 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 really encourage you um, to read Revelation 1, 2, and 3. And just read 1, 2, and 3, and 4 and 5 are great too. The whole book is great, but 1, 2, and 3, 1, 2, and 3. If you just do that real often, it's powerful because Jesus, when He raised from the dead, and He ascended, and He was seated, it's the it's the King, it's the exalted, glorified King and Lord that's talking to John here, and he's the one we're talking to today. And there's something about reading through those first three chapters where he talks to John, and he's speaking to the churches, and how he speaks and what he says are very, very, very relevant today, and they're great for us to have conversations with our spouses and our families, and our brothers in Christ because that's as that's as contemporary as you can get, biblically speaking, it's the most recent thing that was released. And so please read Revelation 1, 2, and 3 often. Of course, I I get all hung up, and I mean, I tell you, read 21 and 22, too. That's the wrap-up. <laughs> it's pretty awesome as well. But I'm saying you can read 1, 2, and 3, even 4, and 21 and 22, and not really get hung up in a lot of eschological um, end times things that just maybe you don't understand or maybe don't understand as much as you want. But you can get right into 1, 2, 3, and 4, 21, 22, and, man, your heart will explode. Your heart will come alive with the glory of who we're serving and who we are brothers with. I mean, Jesus is the first among many brethren. He's our brother. (laughs) Like Joseph rescued his brothers, Jesus rescued his brothers. King Jesus saved his king brothers. And you say, what are you talking about? Well, Revelation 1-5, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, First begotten from the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins, washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. He made us kings and priests unto his father, to him who unto his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So just say, Amen. Say, so be it. Like Mary, when she received the word from the angel Gabriel about the magnanimous promise of her giving birth to the king, the man, humble yourself like her and just say, Amen. So be it. Let the king be born in me. Let the king live big in me. Let what Jesus said his blood did, let it do that work in me. The Bible says his blood made you a king made you a priest unto God and His Father forever and ever. Let that wreck you now, forever and ever. <laughs> Amen. So be it. Then we looked in First Peter chapter two last week, and we'll cut the run up and just go right to verse nine. Um, verse nine of First Peter chapter two. That way we can get into today's conversation. I do have to be careful because boy, I start seeing different scriptures and man, I just, I see rabbits running. Whew, and I want to go chase that rabbit. <laughs> I get excited. The word's alive and it's moving and it's active. And you know, there's just things that stir my spirit, but I really have this burning in my heart and I wanted to pick up kind of where we had left off last week. If you missed last week, it's super easy. Just Go back and just play it. Just listen to it. You know, 25 minutes or so, I think it was, maybe 30 at the most, 25, 30 minutes. Um, pick up that conversation. It was, it was a precursor to this one. This will stand alone. Don't, don't check out. But I'm just saying, if you missed it, go back. It'll be, a, it'll be a, there's a few other things we got into that we won't review today. But picking this up, 1 Peter 2 and 9, Peter also gives witness to this reality. You are a chosen generation. I mean, we are a chosen generation. The Bible says there's a time to be born, and here you are. <laughs> it's your time. It's my time. You know, like old Queen Esther, for such a time as this, we have been born. Well, there's a time to be born, and you're born. So here we are. It's our time. For such a time as this, this is our generation. We are a chosen generation, and it goes on to say a royal generation. Priesthood. See the the two coming together like Melchizedek in the Old Testament. He was both king and priest of Salem. He was he had no beginning and no end. Um, Bible. Some Bible scholars, you know, say that he was a pre-incarnate uh, manifestation of Christ Himself, having no beginning and no end, he was both king and priest. Well, it certainly makes sense, and we can't wrap our heads around that. We can't figure out how that is, other than the fact that. God is outside of time. We're locked up in time right now, but God's not, and the Word's not, and the truth's not, and the kingdom's not. And so God can do things in different time periods. He's well able. (laughs) So anyway, whether you believe that or not doesn't matter. The point is, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. His blood, Revelation 1, His blood has washed you and cleansed you and made you a king and a priest unto his God and his Father forever and ever. Amen. That's a royal priesthood. It goes on to say, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been called out of darkness. I have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Colossians 1 says that we have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness or out of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. We're in a kingdom of love. I love what Jesus said. He said, it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the kingdom of love. So when you receive Jesus and you received your king, you can't separate a king from his kingdom. You don't get the king without the kingdom. <laughs> you know, it just you know, whenever something's made of all these ingredients, you know, you you can't once you take a bite into it, you, your mouth, you can't separate. You might taste different flavors, but you're not separating it. It's in there. And when you get a king, you get the kingdom. When you get the kingdom, you get the king. So, here's what I want to get into today though. If this is true, and it is, I said, if this is true, and it is, you have been washed in the blood of Jesus. And if you haven't been, that's a simple fix. You just simply put your faith in the Lord Jesus. Believe that what he did, he did it for you. And he did it because he loved you and that he thought you were worth it. And you were the joy set before him, so he endured that cross. He let his blood be shed on your behalf to pay the price for your sin. You believe that? You believe that he died for you and that he, because he was innocent, could not be held by the death or the grave. He rose from the dead for the justification of your sin. And then God raised him up and he's now seated in heaven and he brought you with him. And he wants you to receive that gift. He wants you to receive that gift of a resurrection coming out of the deadness of your sins and the darkness of your life into the light of his love and the light of his kingdom. And you can just simply say, I believe, I believe. I receive. I love you, King Jesus. I take all that you did for me. I believe God raised you from the dead for my sins. And I believe that. And I confess you as my Lord and my Savior and my King. It's that simple. It's that simple. However, Holy Spirit has to lead you into that. He's got to put that conviction in you. But, man, if you were stirred in your heart and you were like, man, I want in, I want in, then just take it. It's there. Just take it. Believe it. Receive it. Confess it. Declare it. And you're in. And the work of the mighty Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you're born again, the Bible says. So speaking to you men as kings and priests. I want you to go back with me to the book of Deut- Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter 17. Got my tongue tied there. Deuteronomy chapter 17. So if you are and you are a king and a priest, then I want to give you some very practical things, what does that mean? What does that mean in your daily life? What needs to now be a very active part of your daily life? If you're a king, let's see what God instructed when Israel asked for a king. Now, of course, Israel wasn't supposed to have a king. God wanted to be their king, and he wanted to use the prophets to speak to them, but they kept pressing God for a king. All the other nations had kings. They want a king. And they kept pressing, they kept pressing, finally God gave them a king. And he gave them some parameters. And that's what we're going to read about is the parameters he gave when they were given a king. Here were the parameters. Deuteronomy chapter 17, beginning in verse 14. He says, when you are coming to the land which the Lord your God gives you, and you shall possess it, and you dwell in it, and you say, I will set a king over me like all the other nations that are about me. Remember, that's why they wanted to. They just wanted to be like the Joneses. You shall... (laughs) I didn't mean to make that so silly, but anyway. You You shall in any wise set him over you whom the Lord God shall choose. That's just King James verbiage saying, the one you're going to choose is the one I choose for you. You're going to let me choose, and then you can set him. Choose one from among your brethren you shall set a king over you you shall not set a stranger over you which is not your brother very interesting isn't it I don't want he said I don't want you putting a king over you from one of the foreign nations I want you to I want you to pick one from the nation of Israel cuz remember the nation was considered a family I said the nation was considered a family and so I want you to pick God says one of your brothers set a brother over you, but, verse 16, he shall not multiply horses to himself or cause the people to return to Egypt. In other words, he's not going to exploit the people just to get rich, and he's not going to take the people back to darkness, back to sin, back to that which God had delivered him from, back to Egypt to the end that he would multiply horses. For as much as the Lord has said this unto you, you shall not henceforth return no more that way. Don't go back. I hear the Lord saying that today. Don't go back. God doesn't want us to go back. I heard the great man of God, Lester Summerall, he was so determined to go forward that he wouldn't go back for nothing. Even when he parked his car, he would only let it be parked in a way that when he left, he pulled forward. He said, because I ain't backing up for nobody. <laughs> that's a little bit extreme. Well, that's just how intense he was. He he wasn't going back because, you know, God's not going back. And God didn't want his people going back. And God doesn't want me going back. He doesn't want you going back. So that's what he was given strict instructions that don't put a leader over you who's going to take you backwards. No. Verse 17. Neither shall he, that's the king, multiply wives to himself, that his heart be turned not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. So, in other words, he's not going to use his place as king to multiply horses, multiply wives, multiply silver and gold for his own benefit. Because otherwise he would be led astray and he would probably end up taking the nation in the wrong direction. And if you look at all the kings of Israel and Judah throughout the years, you had good kings and you had bad kings. You had kings that took the people of God and the nation of Israel forward in the plan and purpose of God. And you had those that grievously and painfully took them back generations so here we go, verse eighteen, Deuteronomy seven eighteen, and it shall be that when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom, and that's you and I, this is what I wanted to get to today. You and I, as kings and priests, when we take that position, when we take that place that God wants us to have, the blood of Jesus cleansed us to give us as a royal priesthood when we believe that and take that, so to speak, take our seat, you might say, like when Jesus believed what the scripture said about him and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Well, at some point in time, you and I have to take the word of God and not just let it be just some great promise for the future. We've got to be willing to take the word and say Today. Today, this word is fulfilled in my hearing. Today, this word is fulfilled in your hearing. Sometime it just has to be today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why is that? The past is gone. And the and the tomorrow, it's not even promised to any of us. So all we have is today. All we have is the present. That's why today is a gift. They call it the present. It's a gift. We have today to work with. So today... We need to say, this scripture is fulfilled in our ears. The blood of Jesus washed me and cleansed me and made me a priest unto his God and his Father forever and ever. Amen. Today, I am a chosen royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. Today, it's done. Today. And if that's the case, it shall be when you take your place in your kingdom as a king under the king of kings, you ever thought about that? Why is he called the king of kings and the lord of lords? Because you were made a king and a priest unto his God and his father forever and ever, amen. It shall be that when He takes his place upon the throne of his kingdom. He shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests and the Levites. Do you catch what that is? He was to personally get a copy, an official copy from the Levites, and he was to write a copy. He was to write it. No copy, no paste. Write it. Not hire some servant to do it. No, he was was to write it. I cannot overemphasize the importance of this discipline right here, and that is writing things down, writing things in a journal, writing down key revelations, writing down scriptures. I use electronics. I got electronics in front of me right now, but I also have a Bible full of scribbles, full of colors. I've colored it all kinds of different colors with highlighters and and pens and pencils and notes in the margin, and I got pieces of paper stuck all over the place, falling out of it with notes on it, and I got journal after journal after journal. My wife says, if you buy one more journal, I'm buying another purse. <laughs> I'm just messing. No, I got journal after journal after journal, and I fill them with things that God says. I fill them, and I, and I write the Scriptures out. A lot of times I'll make references. I know what the references are, but a lot of times I write the scriptures out. There's something so powerful, men. I encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. Write the word. Write key revelations down. Write down what God speaks. Take notes at church when you worship and you come together and you're at Bible study or you're at home group or you're just sitting with your family. Write things down. It's it's just important. It's part of your relationship with the Word because we're not just reading the Word; the Word's reading us. I said we're not just reading the Word; the Word is reading us. So it's important. Write it down. Write it down yourself. And then verse nineteen, Deuteronomy seventeen nineteen. Let's continue. It shall be with him, and he shall read it therein all the days of his life. That he. Well, let's just stop right there. It's not enough just to have a Bible sitting on a shelf. You can have 10 Bibles lining your shelves, lining your coffee tables. Makes no difference if we don't read it. we got to read it. And we don't just read it like we read some other novel or book. No, we read it knowing this book's alive. This is a living book. This is a living revelation. This book breathes. It'll breathe life into you. It'll breathe hope into you. It'll breathe light into your soul. Bible says it is even health and medicine to all your flesh. Proverbs 4 says you read it out loud, read it over your wife, read it over your kids, you'll give them a prescription of healing. It'll minister life and medicine to all their flesh. So I always encourage men to, people I mentor, people I I share with. When you read the word, whenever it's possible, read it out loud. Something about you hearing your voice, giving voice to the word. Powerful, powerful. It shall be with him, and he shall read it therein all the days of his life, that. That is a word that denotes consequence. Here's the consequence that God is going for. That he may learn to fear the Lord, his God, and to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. First thing that's going to affect is you're going to increase in the fear of the Lord. (laughs) Oh, that's what you want more than you may know you want it to increase in the fear of of the Lord. That is a game changer. That will make a difference, men, in your life is to increase in the fear, the reverential awe and worship of God. And he says, daily reading your Bible, daily reading the word, word that you wrote down, word that you took notes on, you make notes about word, writing, reading, listening, letting the Word read you, letting the Word breathe life into you, a relationship with the Bible, a relationship with the Word. He says one of the first things it'll produce is a holy, reverential awe of God. And we need that. The church needs that in this generation. So it says, he will learn to fear the Lord, he will learn to keep the words of this law, it'll produce obedience. It'll pr- actually produce Obedience, just consistently reading the Word, reading not just to read, but reading to listen, reading to learn, reading to grow, reading to feed and to drink like the like the Word is a meal, because it is. He says, next, that, another consequence coming right down the pipe. Are you ready? Don't duck. Here it comes. That, His Word, I'm sorry, His Word, His heart, I got excited about it. That's funny how I said that. I didn't plan to say it that way. That, I amused myself, <laughs> that his heart will not be lifted up in pride above his brethren, that he would turn from the side, from the right or left, from the commandment, right or left. So the next thing it's going to deal with is our pride. Nothing. God. Bible says God resists the proud. We we may just think we've had a bad day, but I'm telling you, when God's resisting you, that's a bad place to be, where God is resisting you, especially when God is my help. God is my deliverer. God is my wisdom. God is my life. God is my hope. I do not need him resisting me. And the Bible's very clear numerous places. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, and then he finally says, he will prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. So your generations to come will be blessed because of your obedience to write the word, to read the word, to to meditate the word, to study the word, to share the word, to live in the word every single day. And that's one of the first things that God gave charge to Israel when he says, you want a king? Make sure you have a king that does this. So I want you to make sure you're a dad who does this. You're a father who does this. You're a man who does this. Because this is what the world needs is more men in the word. The word, John 1, 14, is to become flesh. And so I invite you, gentlemen, as we close out today's podcast, as I pray for you, let's renew our commitment to the Word of God. Let's renew our dedication. You say, well, I'm, I'm pretty regular with it. Praise God. Then today, if that's really what you do, then you're rejoicing. You're thinking, yeah, brother, preach it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if that is your lifestyle, you know the life that it's brought you, you know, the change, you know, the fear of God that's grown in your life. You know how it's blessed your, your generations. You know how it's confronted pride in you. You know how it's produced obedience in you. And so you'd be shouting all the more if that is your regular. Um, and I hope it is. And I I believe many of you, it is your practice. It is your discipline. It is your devotion and your worship. But I just had that in my spirit because we talked about kings last week and I felt like, hey, this would be a great first application of, okay, when you take your throne, what do you do? Get in the Word. (laughs) That's what they said. When the king takes his throne, get him a book. Let him start writing. Let him start meditating. He needs to fear the Lord. He needs to obey God. (laughs) Amen. He needs to not be proud and haughty. He doesn't need to try to multiply things around him just for his benefit. And he needs to be a blessing to future generations. Father, I just thank you for the Word today, the Word that has encouraged all of our hearts in this conversation, and I pray a blessing over every man listening to this podcast, and I thank you that the Word will come alive in their time of study and reading. I thank you that the Bible is not just a book that they read, it is a book that reads them. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're the author of this Word, you're the one who breathed this Word, and I thank you that you breathe life into every man as he opens Opens up the pages of the Bible and he begins to read in order to hear from heaven. Praise God. Well, men, our time is up. Yep, it goes quick. At least for me, it feels like it just blows right by. But I'm praying for you. I believe in you. There's a king in you. Jesus made a king in you. His blood was shed and he washed you and he cleansed you and he made you a king and a priest unto his God, and unto his Father, forever and ever. Amen.